You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. It's free comic book day. Here's Mike and MC, the event hosted by Flashback Comics in Woodbridge, Virginia. We are live for a very special free comic book day episode of GGR Pirate Radio. Um, with me today, side by side, in person for the first, I think it's the first time we've done like an actual like live face-to-face in-person thing until we worked with um, the sellouts that are here too. Um, my name is Mike Munster. Next to me is the awesomely talented Mr. MC Brooks. Hello from the other side. From the other side. For a couple minutes to talk about this awesome thing that you put together. He's counting right now. <laughs> yes, I have a couple minutes. He has a couple minutes. You see this thing right here? Yes. If you speak into it, people I'm can hear your voice. That thing. Yes, you, you talk at the thing. Guys, this is Mark Lutz. You, Hi, everybody. You've heard him before. Um, last year was a much more exciting year because the Capitals won the Stanley Cup. This year, not so much, but that's okay because we still love Mark Lutz and we still love having him on the podcast. All, all that really means is that we get Wes Johnson all day without interruption. I know, yeah. right? Hey, all I'm saying is last year, though, this was a, a lucky event. Yeah. I don't know if you remember it or not, but this was the game that they were down two yep. to one going into the third oh, period, and then they blew the doors off of them. Oh yeah, yeah. We, uh, you know, this year it has gotten uh, even bigger than last year. Yeah. Um, you know, fortunately, you know, everyone's coming out. We're, we're all having a good time. Um, we're two hours in. We're halfway past halfway to the total numbers that we had last year. That's awesome. Wow, that's awesome. So, that is that is incredible. You know, we, um, we added uh, Mike Rossin this year. We've got uh, Mike Rossin is the one that is up at the table with Wes and John St. John. Correct. With and the, that other organization. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's uh, uh, basically, if you play the Fallout series, he's every male character in the series. Really? Yeah. Wow. Have you not been paying attention? I've been paying attention. On, I, I saw from Fallout, and I figured it was like one or two voices. I didn't realize it was it was like, hey, voices, all of them. This guy. Basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we've got so much going on this year. I really want to talk to these guys next to us. Volkov. Like, you know what? They just George, premiered their movie, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah they, they just did the world premiere right here at Free Comic Book Day. George Dibble, right here next to us, is the director, producer, sound guy, the editor... And probably something else. Next head, to him head is, pancake maker. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. Uh, next to him is Charles D. Clark, who is our our actor from the show Empire. Oh, nice. Uh, he's really got a part nice. in there. Uh, nice. Running around. Oh, he's back here behind us. Is uh, Wes Lee, who is the writer and male lead. I got a lot going on. Yeah. You do, man. This is the biggest yeah. it's ever been. Yeah. Like I just the reason why I wanted to grab you, well, one, because you're my friend, but secondly, like. I'm just, I'm so proud, dude. You did such an awesome job. This is incredible. Like, this is, you, you, did, you never had a tent before? You got a tent now? He's counting more people right now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, we, um, You're doing your job, man. Don't yeah. be sorry about that. Yeah, with with the, uh, you know, the the weather guessers not being entirely sure what today was supposed to do, yeah. we decided to be better safe than sorry yeah. and go ahead and get the tent. Um, if anything does start happening, we've, we've got a provision built in already for that. So, I mean, it, it's it's a lot of work that, that we, we put into this. And, and you know, as everyone that's over here having fun, you know, these, these two kids next to us playing the, uh, some of the video games, 
This is what it's about. It's yeah. about getting people together, having fun, you know, just encouraging the, the community and everyone coming out. Uh, and we're, just, we're having such a good time. And, and I'm so relieved that people are showing up. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I regardless of, of what was going on here, I would be here pretty much no matter what. So, like, it, it's... Just, just to support you and support Flashback Comics and Troy David, like you guys just like, I know how hard both of you were. And, and your family, so yeah. you always have table. And, I, so. and, I, and we appreciate that, we really do. Like that's, that's awesome, but go do your thing, man. Count people. I'm counting people. Like, have fun too, like you look stressed, <laughs> yeah. man. Like I am. Yeah. <laughs> until until 6.30 when we shut this thing down, I've been working. I hear you. I hear you, dude. I hear you. Hey, but guys, this is Mark Lutz. If if you're out and about, uh, make sure you stop by uh, Flashback Comics and Games uh, here in Woodbridge. I'm sorry, it's not Flashback Comics and Games. It's just Flashback Comics now. Um, But stop by. It's in Woodbridge. Um, It's funny because we're actually gonna I'm we're gonna record this and then I'm just gonna dump it live immediately. So (laughs) awesome. Yeah. Um, With with all of this stuff, like it's. I think that this is what we're missing, like, as a community. Yeah. You know, like, we, we talked about it before, like, you understand why people don't want to come out to stuff like this because of people who act like jerks. Yeah. But at the same time, too, we need more of this. And I think that, like, we just need to reinforce that you don't have to be a butthole to make yourself, make a name for yourself. Exactly, yeah. You know? You don't need to be gatekeeping, you know? No. Like, these things are fun. These things, these 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 characters, these comic arcs, they, they mean different things to different people. Yeah. And it's, it, as long as someone is inspired, as long as long as they mean something to someone, that's what that's what these events are for. People yeah. should be able to come out and network and and meet other people who also like the same cool things that they like. Yeah. And they're not going to test them about how much they actually like the thing that they like. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It makes it makes for for a fun dynamic. Is really what it what it comes down to. And sorry, my son was showing me something. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> Sorry? Uh, we are this guy right here. The Great Geek Refuge. Okay. For Troy David. Oh, okay. And I'm trying to get pictures of everybody, including all the. Everybody's got a booth. I want to make sure you all had access. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. See another awesome person helping yeah. out like that. That that's another thing that really yeah. kind of like encourages me about all of this is you have people who are coming out and they're taking pictures exactly. and they're representing and helping with growing flashback comics because this is like a locally run place. This is not like some big chain. Like this is this is local dudes. Like Troy's from like Northern Virginia. Like they. That's awesome. Yeah, and it just it makes for. And it's overall, like part, you, you feel like you're part of the community. Exactly, and, and it's just a test. It's just a testament to how you know when you when you are a good person and you're doing really dope stuff, people will come out and support, and they'll come out and stand behind you and what you're doing. You know, if I'm sure if you know the people here were not quality people, not good people, weren't interested in doing things the right way, 
half of the people here wouldn't be interested in coming out here, you know? Yeah. This is just a testament. When you're a good person, people come out and support. People people are always happy to come out and, and buy things. They're happy to work with you on things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that one of the things that I wanted to like bring up to you is like with events like this that we're at, like what's the what's like the coolest thing that you've done like this, where it's like the community kind of came together and, and, and the event got put together and you got to be either part of it or you just got to kind of witness it. Hmm. As far as these are concerned, yeah, just in general, like anything like that, where you got to go to like a live event. You know? I mean. I won't lie, like, Awesome Kindness Press was kind of cool <laughs> last oh, year. Oh, right, yeah. That was, that was kind of cool. You know, like, being able to just kind of walk in, walk to the front, you know, no lines, no real waiting for anything. Yeah. You know, there's special seating because you're press near the front. Like, that, I, I, you, you really do feel like a, a rock star in, in that regard, you know? Like, yeah. you're not just a spectator. You, you are legitimately part of it. You're contributing to making it the thing because for the people who can't come, who can't be here, for the people who uh, maybe went to a different event but were curious about how this one went, you know, you're gonna be, you're you get an opportunity to showcase it for them to put it on display. Like, hey, this is what we did here. This is how much fun we had here. This is the kind of stuff we saw that we talked about that we were able to you know make happen here. And so it's really cool. So, yeah, it, it really is. And I, I think that like when you think about this, it's all about comic books. In yeah, the end. it's all about the local comic book shop that like I'm not saying they're they're seeing less business but that is something that kind of affects them unfortunately yeah is like you read it every every time you, you see a news story it seems like they're saying like oh comic books aren't as selling as well as they used to or the numbers are down the numbers are down like this is the kind of thing that you want to support you know you want yeah. to support kids reading because like Jax is right over here to, to my left and that's, he does a lot of his reading. I mean, it, it, it comes from comic books. And, like, the fact that at one point it was looked down upon. Yep. Like, people reading comic books was like, oh, well, you shouldn't be reading those. Those are bad. Like, no, they're great. Yeah. And, the, and independent stuff that, that, like, you wouldn't even think. Like, it's not just the Marvel and the DC stuff. There's right. a ton of independent stuff. Like, here, I'm going to go through the, uh, the the bag of swag that we got here. <laughs> And like you've got, I mean, you've got your big stuff, but then you also have something like this here too. Like, is this a Catwoman? Yeah, this is Catwoman. Oh, it yeah. is Catwoman. Okay. <laughs> it's a, it's I didn't even know that. It says a Catwoman tail. Yeah. Yeah. Fr- you couldn't. I mean, looking at the top, you couldn't really tell though. It looks like it's something totally different. No, and there's like this one before Ignition H1 Ignition. I'm not sure who this is. I'm not sure either. Wow. Wish I picked that up. Well, I'm sure we can exchange, too. Yeah. So, like, I'm sure if you need to borrow this, you can certainly borrow it. But, like, yeah, like, there's stuff here that's not, like, your your regular, everyday sort of stuff. Like, right. this is this is what's awesome about pre-comic book plays, that you're getting other things that you don't normally see. So. Yeah, and and speaking, as, speaking from, as someone who used to work in education, I mean, yeah. 
ultimately, kids kids will be will if you can make something relatable for kids or if it's something they're interested in, they'll do the thing. Yeah. When it came to my students in particular, several of my boys were huge comic book readers, and so when it came to finding things that they wanted to read or finding things that they wanted to write about. It was really easy for me to not. I, I, I wouldn't even have to point to, to point them in the direction of the library, because far far too often they had brought their own comic books to cla- uh, to my classroom, and that's what they would be. That's what they would want to talk about. That's what they would want to write about. And you could. There was just such, there was a huge difference in between like the stuff that their teachers were assigning them, stuff that they maybe didn't really care about, versus being able to talk about the new Iron Man that they picked up this past weekend. Or the or the latest episode of uh, Batman or something like that. Like you find you find the things that kids are interested in, and they will they will read away. And I think that's that's where uh, that's 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 where comic books will forever have a market. Is that I mean kids are forever going to be interested in superheroes and superheroes uh, superhero tales and kind of seeing themselves or just seeing someone who can do really cool stuff. And that's going to get them, that's going to keep them reading, it's going to maybe help them develop an interest in reading other things, like maybe graphic novels, or maybe just fiction, or maybe developing their own stories, you know? Well, the funny thing about it, too, is is when you hear about, um, like, your your famous directors and your famous writers and things like that, you never hear them saying stories like, oh, I grew up reading Charles Dickens, or I grew up reading, like, classic novels by Tolstoy. No, it's always like, dude, I read comic books and I played video games. Because that's the modern aesthetic. That's yeah. that's what modern writers and directors and creators are doing. Yep. Is that's they're going that route. Yep. And like, like you know, um, I'm trying to remember. Was it uh, was it Chris Rock when he was doing? Um, he did that like parody song where he was making fun of that Baz Luhrmann song where it was like all spoken word. And it's you know you know what, you know what I'm talking about now. Uh, uh, it, like you know, there's no sex in the champagne room. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That and was all that spoken word, and he's just yeah. like cornbread. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> like comic books. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Like it's <laughs> it, it, it's fun, and like it's it's joyous. That's the other thing too. It's like you're there's this is not just like a bunch of like thirty something or forty something dudes walking around here. There's kids. There's moms. There's families. There's I mean, there's a little bit of everything here, yeah. and that's that's what's awesome. Yeah, it, it's creating bonding experiences for, for people. It's creating it's creating experiences where you know fathers and sons, mothers and sons, just families in general get an opportunity to bond over something that interests both. It's connecting multiple generations through these characters that have existed for forever. You know. Which is which is which is great. I mean, it's, it's it's helping inspire the next generation of creatives. Just like the creation of these characters helped, you know, helped uh, inspire the people who are writing comics and creating the comics now. Yeah, it, it really is, and it makes it for a fun aesthetic. I think this is a great intro that we got yeah, here. Like, this absolutely. is a good start to let everybody know exactly what it is what we're doing. We're going to go around, we're going to get some interviews, we're going to talk to some yeah. people, see what we can do uh, for the rest of our time here uh, at Free Comic Book Day. Uh, so stay tuned, guys. There's so much more coming up for you uh, when it comes to what we got here at GGR Pirate Radio Live at Free Comic Book Day. I can't 
can't believe it. I'm in shock. I'm in awe of who is sitting next to me. No, I'm not talking about MC Brooks, my normal co-host, or Steve Monick. No, I'm talking about the voice of Duke Nukem himself. His name is John St. John. This is my first time on GGR Pirate Radio. You guys have balls of steel. <laughs> Wait, no, that's a microphone. You've got blue balls. <laughs> A that's blue actually ball. that's the first joke that anybody's ever made about that ever. So really, I, yeah. Wow. That, oh, yeah. a little golf clap for me because well, I'm special now. <laughs> John, I I wanted to applaud you, like really, like actually applaud you, not like you know jokingly, because what you ended up doing, and we talked about this last year at uh, Free Comic Book Day last year, how you managed to put together a con out of one that had fallen apart. Yeah. And. It was, if I remember correctly, it was Detroit and, like, the people who were planning it backed out. And you were just like, well, fuck it. Let's just do, let's, let's create something. And you created well, Nutcom. Well, the real credit for creating it goes to my manager, Vernita. Okay. Uh, Vernita is the guest relations director for Yomacon, a very big con in Detroit. And she was also guest relations for uh, what was known as Midwest Media Expo or M2E, and uh, what happened was the, the deal between the hotel and Midwest Media Expo a couple of years ago fell apart because the hotel was bought by a, another company who didn't honor the deal. And so just uh, three days before the con was supposed to happen, the deal was pulled, and they had to inform everybody that uh, you know the, the deal was off. And uh, my uh, manager, Vernita, said, you know what, you're going to fly out to visit me anyway, right? Because we were dating. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm still going to come out. And she goes, uh, uh, why don't you call David, see if he still wants to come out. So I called my friend David Eddings. You know him as the voice of Claptrap in the Borderlands games. And David said, yeah, they already got a ticket. Hell yeah, I want to come out and party with you. And we'll hang out at the bar and drink and just have fun. And so when I called Vernita back and said, yeah, David and I are both going to fly out. And we'll, we'll just, you know, drink and hang out at the bar and have a good time. She went, well, maybe we can make a mini con. I said, okay, well, whatever. In 36 hours, good luck, sweetheart. Well, guess what? In 36 hours, she managed to get 1,500 badges sold. And we had uh, the first NotCon, which uh, their logo was, uh, or their, their slogan was, 100% last-minute magic. And, and it truly was. Uh, so Vernita pulled this together, and we, we had a convention called NotCon in Dearborn. And uh, this, based on the success of that, when I decided I want to have my own convention on a cruise ship, because I'd never been on a cruise before. Really? I had never been. Uh, I was way overdue. And I knew if I wanted, if I was going to do a cruise, I want, or if I, if I wanted, I'm sorry, let me back up. If I was going to produce a convention, I wanted it to be different from any of the cons that I had been to. And I wanted to be on a cruise. So I decided, okay, I'd heard about Joko, you know, Jonathan Colton's cruise con, yeah. which is gigantic now. I mean, highly successful. I said, you know, I like his model. I want to do something like that. So uh, we put the call out and wow, we sold tickets right away. Our, our first cruise was this last February and we called it NotCon at Sea because Bernita already owned the name NotCon and now we co-own it and uh, it was successful enough that we're going to keep on doing it. It's an annual event now. I just, I'm, I'm blown away that you were like, hey, not only do I want to do my own convention, I want to go on a cruise. Let's just combine those two things together. Uh-huh. Like, and it, and it worked. It like, did. It was like, there's, a, there's been a trend where the events at sea have become a much bigger thing. That's true. And I've been seeing, like, they've been doing Star Trek things and things like that. Like, uh-huh. you, you caught the wave, like, at the perfect timing was, like, what, was it really all just kind of happenstance and it all just fell into place at the right time? Yeah, I think so. It's 
funny that we, uh, you know, a year ago we announced our first uh, cruise con, and then just a week or two, actually it was just a few days afterwards, another major con uh, up in Ohio said, oh, we got an idea, we're going to do a cruise. I went, yeah. well, USOBs, how dare you, two days after I announced mine, now you're going to do it too? Well, they did their cruise, and, and they were, I guess, successful, but the difference is they had no guests, they had no panels, they had no programming, it was just people who went to their con also going on a cruise. So that's nice, but my cruise con is actual guests, celebrities that you know, and they come along because mainly because they're friends of mine, yeah. and they want to do it anyway. But we have panels, we have the guests, and then we have adventures with the guests. So, for instance, we had uh, uh, there was supposed to be laser tag. They built a laser tag arena yeah. on our cruise, and and since um, Ellen McLean came along, the vo- voice of Glados, the plan was to have Glados narrate the laser tag. Right. So you get to do things like. Uh, go kayaking with me and Wes Johnson. Uh, go snorkeling with John Patrick Lowry, you know, sniper. Yeah. And, and Duke Nukem. So uh, on my cruise coming up next February, which is the 17th to the 21st of 2020, you get to do all of these adventures with the guests. I can't tell you who they are yet. Uh, I have all their contracts, but they've not been announced. Oh, wow. And I don't want to jump the gun by announcing, but you know their names. Uh, I will give you a little hint, though. They're all huge in anime. Really? I'm the only video game voice actor scheduled so far. All the other major guests are anime voice actors. So you are mixing it up a little bit. It's not the same Mixing style. it up quite a yeah. bit because I want to see much more cosplay. Yeah. And the anime uh, community brings that together. Um, I can tell you that also both of my daughters will be going along on the next cruise. My youngest daughter uh, looks and acts like the Little Mermaid. Children love her because she's the Little Mermaid. And when I told her there was going to be swimming with dolphins on our next cruise adventure, she cried a little because it's her, it's her yeah. dream to swim with dolphins. Now, my oldest daughter, who's well-known, she has over 21,000 followers on Instagram. Wow. She's Kawai Besu. Yeah. Her name is Beth. And uh, Beth is uh, one guest that I can mention on air here that is coming along. And, and, and my two daughters are thrilled. They get to be cabin mates. They don't get to see each other enough anymore because uh, Beth lives in Seattle. And my daughter, Holly, lives in San Diego, where I live. So now the two of them get to go on a cruise together. They're stoked about it. And they both love cosplay. So there'll be a lot of cosplay on this one as well. So it's, again, another impressive piece of this. And if you guys, I mean, check it out. Not Con at Sea. But, like, you're not, you're diversifying. You're making it part of the bigger community. It's not like here is the little circle that we're going to exist in. Yeah. Adding it. It's growing. Yeah, it's not just for gamers. It's not just for anime fans. It's for everybody in 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 the fandom community, I guess. Is a good way to put it, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a it's a fan cruise, basically. So I, I have a question for you about your voice work. Yeah. In general, how, like how did it all start? How did you doing whatever it is that you were doing? Because if I remember correctly, you started in radio. Yes. And then from there, it just went from radio to voice work, and you stopped doing radio, or is radio like your that's your baby? That's the the one you want to get back into? Or well, no, uh, radio is not a good career choice anymore. No, I mean, for not. for talent, 
there's very little talent left in radio anymore. Um, all those pre-programmed stations. Exactly. Yeah. And, and liner card reading disc jockeys that are on the on stations across the country. It's, you know, five guys doing a hundred shows on a hundred stations, right? And they all sound the same. They're not giving you any content that matters. They're reading liner cards about their promotions that the station is doing. There's, there's very little personality involved anymore. But anyway, my story goes way back to when I started, 1975. I was 14 years old. And I got hired to be a DJ at a small station in Jacksonville, North Carolina. You could work as a DJ at 14? You could in 1975. Oh, okay. All right. and, and my parents allowed it. I actually, they hired me to do weekends, and I did two weekend shifts. Yeah. And the program director said, wow, you have a natural talent for this. You're good at it. We'd love to have you on Monday through Friday, 7 to midnight. And I said, um, I'll ask my parents. So, so I go home and I ask my parents, um, the radio station wants me to do Monday through Friday, 7 to midnight. And I was in junior high school at the time. And my parents talked about it. And they said, okay, here's the thing. Um, your father can drive you to work after dinner every night. Because I went on the air at 7 and dinner was usually at 5.30 or 6, right? And your oldest brother, who was a senior in high school, can pick you up at midnight when you sign the station off. But if your grades dip at all, you're done. Wow. Uh, okay, thank you. And so I did my best to keep my grades up, and I did very well. It was quite a motivator because... Um, Think about what radio, what what DJs were to people in the 70s. They were icons. They were superstars. They were icons. You were the star because you were the local celebrity that people could actually meet. So being in junior high and then high school as a DJ on a local radio station, I was big man on campus. And I so relished the whole, I'm, I'm an attention whore, okay? Everybody knows that about me. I love showing off. I love talking in front of crowds. Um, I love the attention I got in school and the dates I got, too, in junior high and high school because I was on the radio. I was back then, Jeff Curtis was my air name. Everybody's talking about Jeff Curtis. Oh, yeah, he's in this class and that class, and he's the DJ on WJNC, and right? So You were the man. I was the man, and so the motivation to keep my grades up and do my homework was there. I was solid, and my grades went up. And um, so anyway, uh, one job led to another in radio over the years, and I had a good uh, 45-year radio career that ended in Los Angeles. And uh, when the radio uh, um, industry went to hell because corporate... Uh, conglomerates bought up all the stations, you know, yeah. Clear Channel, iHeart, Intercom, CBS, Viacom, all of those. Yeah. Um, uh, it came down to the lowest common denominator, which is who could we get the cheapest? And it, no matter, it didn't matter anymore what came out of the speaker, you know, when you're listening to the radio. All that mattered was the bottom line was the money. Yeah. So that kind of ended my career in radio, but at the same time, I'd al- already been doing video games for a few years, and, and I'd been doing commercials for, you know, 30 plus years. Yeah. And it was my uh, now ex-wife who convinced me that I don't need radio anymore. I can just be a production guy, have my own ad agency production house, and and that happened. So it's weird how my career went from, as a kid, being a DJ, to then being a voice actor, to then being a conventions guest, to now being a con producer. I could never have imagined that ever happening. It's really strange how, how it's come along over the years. Was that was that the dream when you were a kid, though, was to be a DJ? Yeah, I wanted to be Gary Owens. Do you know who he is? Yeah. Okay, because yeah. you're old I'm, enough to remember laughing. I'm... Okay, so, full disclosure, uh-huh. I... 
I fell in love with the radio when I was in middle school. Right. I I remember listening to they were like the local shock jocks around Don and Mike. Uh huh. I know Don and Mike. And yeah. I fell in love with them. I was like, I love this their personalities. But yeah. Like the only thing I remember, I was like, man, they're kind of mean to everybody. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, they're snarky. Dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And like that was the one thing that got me. But like I I'm, I think I was born 20 years too late because that's what this is. Exactly. That's, that's what podcasting is now. Yeah. And th- that's I wanted to do that when I was a kid. Yeah. And then when somebody introduced me to podcasting, I was like, holy shit, this is my chance to do it. Right. And like, that's, that was part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you about this, because I know that that's how you got your start. Yeah. And like, it was one of those things too. And let me, let me state this up front. At one point, via social media, I made a comment to you and I felt like a jerk because I think I hit a nerve. Oh, what'd you say? you got upset because... It was right after you had done something with a radio station in Los Angeles. Okay. And it didn't go well. And I was like, hey, how come you're not podcasting? And you were just like... Because there's no revenue stream, I'm sure is what I, I said. Know. And I, was, I, was, I wasn't trying to like sell you on anything. It was uh-huh. more so like, hey, you're, you're John St. John. You're fucking Duke Nukem, man. I feel like if you did a podcast automatically, people would oh, be like, oh, that was shit. you. Yes. And I felt uh, bad because I felt like oh, I offended no. you. Oh, no. You didn't offend me in the okay. least. All right. No, I no. Just, it's I, just, I never wanted it to come off like that because like I, you're the fucking man dude oh no no it, it, that just comes down to my laziness if you if you want to make money with a podcast you got to get out there and you got to sell it you, you got to be your own account yeah. and I'm not willing to do that I don't that's, work for a living I'm talent that's fair enough and that, that makes me feel a little bit better because honestly I, I thought I offended you and I thought I, like, oh, no, I no, pissed no. you off and no I have like thick skin buddy okay. I have thick skin you can't piss me off okay that's that, but, makes, but, me, that makes me feel better oh, I, I like that, that you're doing podcasting for the same reason I loved radio in the 70s and 80s when I was what I call a baby DJ Um, because my story back then was I was the guy who was fired many times in radio for what I said on the air back before there was Howard Stern there was John St. John the idiot 20 something year old DJ in the Bible Belt Williamsburg Virginia going on the air and saying things like playing come together by the Beatles and saying FM 96 WBCI and the Beatles have come together hey there's a good trick if you can do it and getting fired for it or fired for that oh yeah i did you can't say that on the air in 1979 right um or i was on fm 99 in norfolk virginia yeah and i and i played a a record by foreign i said foreigner hell i could get two in her i got fired for that so at least a dozen times i was fired for things i said on the air and this is before howard stern even was on the air yeah so i was doing blue humor before he ever showed up and started talking about you did it before it was cool yeah, yeah I and you. I did because yeah. I thought I was being funny and cute, but uh, apparently blue humor was offensive, yeah. and and the general managers and program directors did not like it. Though I had listeners who thought it was a hoot, and you just laughed too. So yeah. I'm assuming if you heard a DJ say that, you would laugh at it. I I, I would, and it's yeah. it's one of those things too, like growing up in the era that I did. Because I'm I'm uh, I'm in my thirties, yeah. so I grew up in that time when it started to be okay. Yeah. When Stern was okay, when Donna Mike were okay. Uh huh. But then also too, I saw this weird backlash that happened in the 2000s where all of a sudden it was when Janet Jackson how dare she show her nipple all of a sudden the FCC cracked down and people like Opie and Anthony were getting kicked off the air because of things that they were doing right and it's did that did you see that and did that kind of make you cringe a little bit where you were like we went so far we came so far to do all this stuff and now it's getting cracked back to the, the dark ages essentially sort of but you have to keep in mind something too I think there might be a misconception about that the, uh, the rules from the FCC 
FCC are not that stringent. It's more corporate radio now. It's the advertisers. Uh, it's the advertisers. It's the ownership. The FCC, if I went on the air and said, boy, that was a load of shit, the FCC would not fine me for that or the radio station for that. But the company who owns the radio station would go, yeah. you can't say that. We're taking you off the air for two days. It's punishment. Or advertisers could say, hey, I don't want my commercial air on a station where a guy says shit on the air. Yeah. So it's not really the FCC. They're they're actually pretty loose with the rules these days since George Carlin's seven words that have grown into a list of 21 now, yeah. you know. So it's very so very similar to, like, for instance, if you're watching a network like FX, right? I remember there was a... Uh, they did that uh, O.J. Simpson documentary. Yeah. Um, and Sarah Paulson was playing Marsha Clark. And at one point, she opens up the paper to see that O.J.'s got, like, the Dream King defending him. And she goes, motherfucker. Uh-huh. And, I, and it was on broadcast television. And I turned and looked at my wife. I was like, they, they can did say Did I just that? hear that? They, they can say that? And I found out that it was because at that late at night... The, adver- the advertisers were the only ones that cared. And also, it was not broadcast television. It was cable. Yeah, yeah. see, there's a big difference. Yeah. I mean, you watch The Daily Show with Trevor yeah. Noah any yeah. night, and he can say shit, bullshit, yeah. fart, shit, pussy, yeah. whatever, uh, because it's cable. Yeah. And, and so you have to wonder. Um, more than 75% of the viewing public is watching cable or satellite TV, yeah. not off-air. So... Why should the rules apply to one and not the other? Yeah. You should be able to, on a broadcast station, say the same things they're saying on cable television without any ramifications. So, can I, let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. As somebody who's... I know that John St. John and Duke Nukem are completely different people. Right, right. As somebody who played a role that was very... Misogynistic? Yeah. Uh-huh. Is that something that... And I've never thought anything of it until the modern era that we're in now. The Me Too movement. Is that is that something that has caused backlash with Duke Nukem? Oh, not with at all, you? not at all. But I have a feeling that could be why uh, Border, uh, why uh, Gearbox has not really tried to get another Duke Nukem game together. I think maybe they're afraid of how it would be uh, received. But my idea, and they don't listen to me because I'm talent, not an idea guy. My idea is you go ahead and you do a Duke Nukem game. But you give Duke a sidekick, and here's your comedy element, is every time Duke is inappropriate or misogynistic, he's corrected by this sidekick going, no, no, Duke, dude, you can't say that. And eventually Duke learns over time. But wouldn't that be funny? Don't you think that would work? Almost like Duke Nukem reading a PSA being like, ladies and gentlemen, these are the things that I've said in the past, and rattling off all the horrible things he said and be like... Uh, I shouldn't have said it. Exactly. It. Like, exactly. It just, yeah. ah! Oh, we're being attacked on the podcast. Oh, hey, look, Johnson. it's Wes Johnson, the voice of the Washington Capitals and Shea Gorath. Oh, my God, that, that barbed wire isn't real. You can touch it. It's plastic. Wow, that is amazingly realistic. This is a nice swatted. Mo Cronin, you Diamond City. You get some nice hefty hickory. Hey, I like the... baseball. Baseball? Baseball. Where you from there, Wes Johnson? You get nine guys out on the field, they each get a swatter. And they beat each other to death, and whoever survives, they're a winner. Yeah? Yeah. And what's the winner get? They live. Oh, well, that's a pretty good consolation prize, if not the main deal. That's right. Those are are considered to be all-stars. Those are the all-stars. And you heard it here first from Wes Johnson on the GGR Pirate Radio Broadcast podcast. Now, if you'll excuse me, I got to go test my swat on some heads around here. He's going to go crack some noggins, I think. All right, as you were, as you were. Thanks for dropping by, Wes. That was really cool of you. Ah, he hit me again. 
that son of a bitch. Oops, he did it again. <laughs> like, the, side note, Wes Johnson, fantastic guy. Shea Gorath like, like from he, the Elder Scrolls. He, my, my son got to go to his first hockey game this year, right? Oh, and it was a Capitals game, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And, and Wes was nice enough to invite him down. He got to sit in the penalty box. Are you he serious? He got to wear the championship Dude, ring. Dude, nobody gets to do that. He I won't know. let me wear his championship ring. Really? Have you tried it on? No, I haven't. Yeah, he won't let he me let either. my son do it, but he let it, yeah. You know, he has a thing for little boys. No, no, I mean, that's not what I meant. That came out wrong. No, 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 I'm saying, <laughs> when Wes hears this, he's going to really hit me in the nose. Oh, my God. No, 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 Wes is, he's a family kind of guy. He loves kids. He loves kids, yeah. Yeah, yeah. not in the touchy-feely way either. No, no, no. Uh-uh. he was good, he was good. He, yeah, he gave Jax, like, all of his game notes, too. He was like, here, enjoy. Wow, it was very, that's pretty very cool. cool. Like a once-in-a-lifetime thing for a kid in his first time. i got to ask, I met your, your son, Jax, J-A-X, Jax. Yeah. Who actually named him? You or your wife, or was it, did you agree on the name? We agreed on it. So okay. because we're both assholes. Um, uh-huh. when she was when she was pregnant, um, I have a very uppity uh, stepsister. I love her to death. She's great, but she's very opinionated, right? Uh-huh. And she, as soon as she found out that we were pregnant, she was just like, oh, are you guys going to circumcise? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? Are you gonna do and we're like, wow, that's kind of personal. none of your fucking business. Right. But then like, she was like, well, what are you guys going to name it? And I look at my wife, and she looks at me, and I was like, cannonball. And she goes, you're going to name him cannonball? Oh, my God, why would you do that? And I was like, because it's awesome. And like, it stuck immediately. That's his middle name. His middle name is Cannonball. And I was like, I can't name this kid in good conscience. His first name, Cannonball. He's got to have a regular first name. But I wanted something badass, too. Yeah. So, like, we were talking, and my wife is um, a big fan of New Orleans. And in New Orleans, Jack's is Jack's there. Brewery. And Jack's Brewery, yeah. exactly. And that's where the name came from. Oh. She was like, what about that? And I was like, not only is that badass, that's the metal arms dude from Mortal Kombat. I was like, that's the coolest shit ever. Because, like, and now that's the thing. Is there's a million Jack's is running around there. That's true. Like, it's a super common name. But nobody named Jax. No, exactly. Just your son. Yeah, exactly. A little trivia. Yeah. I proposed to the mother of my children at the Jax Brewery during a live broadcast in New Orleans. No shit. Are on New Year's Eve, we were on Dick Clark's Rock on New Year's Eve, you know, yeah. where they go across country for the countdown. Yeah. Uh, me and my radio station, which yeah. is WQUE in New Orleans, we were at Jax Brewery live broadcasting, and uh, that's I asked her that night on the air to marry me. Me right before midnight. That's so awesome. But that's the Jacks Brewery. Yeah. So we have that tie there. We have yeah, that, that that's in that, the, the tattoo that I have. That's that's the, that's their. Song. That is their logo. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I got that from. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, dude. That's awesome. But I you didn't know, know we had that in common. That is really cool. That is a cool connection. Indeed. So, in a perfect like, what's up next for John St. John? Like, do you have more voice work that you can tell us about? Because I know that there's. Um, what yeah, I can't the, think of the word that they use. For oh, them. you mean NDAs? The yeah, yes, the non-disclosure agreements, yeah. and and every new project they work on, there's an NDA. However, there are not NDAs on the stuff I've been recording the last week, and what I will be recording in in the weeks to come is a lot of downloadable content for some Valve games like a oh, Dota nice. Two okay. and Guild Wars Two. I still record downloadable content for them all the time, so I'm doing that currently. Um, I do have a character coming out that I it's he's unnamed. He is a hero. Um, I've seen the artwork. I cannot talk about that one. That's an NDA. Nice. And that one's way down the road because... Um, wow, how can I tell you this without getting in trouble? <laughs> uh, let me just say this. Do you know the difference between how they make an animated series and, and, a, and a video game as far as voiceover goes? Uh, voiceover for video game is done before the fact and they match it's, it up? It's done last. Okay. All right. And in animation, it's done first. 
Oh, okay, so I had it backwards. Okay. So you won't be hearing anything about this hero for a while. Let's not say any more about it, because that probably... I, I don't think I crossed the line, but you know what I mean? I do, yeah. Yeah. I... I I'm picking up what you're laying down. Right. But I do I do have a lot of appearances still to come. I'm going to do my first appearance in Atlanta at Momocon at the end of this month. Oh, cool. Okay. Which is, uh, originally I thought Momocon was just an anime con, but it's gamers and, and, uh, and, and uh, what do they call it, uh, uh, Western media pretty much. Oh, okay. And then uh, several other conventions throughout the year that I'll be going to in, in Florida, uh, North Carolina, uh, Detroit, Michigan. Um, where are the others? I can't remember them all right now off the top of my head. But I'll be doing the usual there's, convention of places. Places, yeah. places and things that you can see him at. Yeah, yeah but if you're listening for my voice, then just yeah. listen to the radio and TV because it's all commercials. That's where I make my living. Well, and you're, and you're a busy guy, too, outside of that as well. Like, I, um, from knowing the guys, I know Matt Cernacker. Uh-huh. And I know that you guys Random gibberish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you're, you produce all of their stuff. I do. And as a matter of fact, we just finished the new version of um, uh, the Mega Man theme yeah. song, which is now called Mega 2000X. And Matt Cernacker came to me and he goes, here's the original version and, and which with Aaron Hatch singing it. And it was a slow kind of piano song. And I went, yeah, I'd like to hear it faster. So we recorded a demo version at 184 beats per minute. And it was real fast. And I went, man, if it's going to be like that, it needs a guitar going, and he goes, Matt goes, can you do that? And I went, yeah. I said, give me a few days to throw something together. So I put something together at 172 beats per minute, which seemed like the right tempo. And I played it for him, and he played it for Hatch, and they both came back and went, damn it, dude, that's the song. That's that's exactly what we imagined it would be. And I, I just figured my vocals were going to be a scratch track, and, and Matt or Hatch would come in and sing it. They said, no. Your vocals aren't are great. Leave it alone. We like it like it is. Nice. So, so the Mega Man 2000X theme is is all me. I mean, Matt's not even playing piano on this one anymore. There was no place for a piano in it. Yeah. So I literally do everything. I'm, I'm the drums and I'm the bass and I'm the keyboards and I'm the guitar. Except for the lead guitar, yeah. which is Dave Kitzberg, yeah. who is the random gibberish guitar player, and he's so amazingly talented, man. I send him the tracks. Next day, he sends me back a guitar lead and a couple of fill reps. He goes, see if these work. And I plug them in like, God, that's genius. You're so good. You know, because we like blowing smoke up each other's asses. I mean, <laughs> it's a collaborative effort. And if you do yeah. that, you know, you have a better working relationship. Yeah. And, and it turned out really well. I'd love to play it for you. I have to get Matt's permission first because okay. I'm, I'm a producer. I'm not random gibberish. He is. But I'm pretty sure. I'm sure if I asked him and said, hey, I did an interview with John. Yeah, can I, I have a about, copy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, literally, we literally, like, I, I uh, he's a huge Power Rangers fan. I, I yeah, got a Power Rangers, um, one of the bobbleheads, uh-huh. and I got it, and I was like, I don't really like the Power Rangers. And before I could even finish typing the sentence out, he was like, yeah, let me have it. So, like, <laughs> I sent that to him, and he sends back to me. Like, we, we exchange, like, across the coast to each other. All the nice, time, so, nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. Well, I wish uh, that, uh, now I get to see Matt every once in a while. You know, he's getting married this I year. I know, yeah. Um, do you happen to know who's officiating the uh, ceremony? My guess would be you. You're right. How did you know that? I just, I had a feeling. So I had a feeling we have all this weird stuff in common. I'm actually an ordained minister 
myself too. Are you really? Yeah. Easy to do online. I, yeah, I think it costs like 15 bucks. Yeah, and I yeah I did it when I was in the military uh-huh. and we were getting deployed and I had friends that were like, I'd really like to have my girlfriend get all of my stuff if God forbid happens because I don't like my family. Right. And I was like, well, what if I got ordained real quick? In North Carolina, you don't have to have any license other than that. Uh-huh. And I did that and it stuck and I've had it ever since then. You know, the same thing at sea. So I'd gotten ordained. Uh, I wanted. I was going going to be ordained to do a wedding on not con at sea the first one last February nice. but the couple backed out of getting married ah. so I didn't get to do that one but but now I'll, I'll go ahead and finish getting ordained so that I can I'm gonna marry Matt Cernacker to his wife <laughs> <laughs> Well, That's going to be fun. I, I think it will be. Like, it's yeah. it, it's it's awesome, especially, like, because so many times people get married and there's no connection to the person officiating it. Uh-huh. Like, the, fir- this, the first one I've done recently, or the most recent one that I did was for my wife's uh, niece. Uh-huh. So I married her and her now husband. But, yeah, there, there's such an awesome connection that you get to have with that because you actually know the people. Yeah. Instead of that forced, well, I've talked to the couple and they've said this and I know that they, bullshit. You didn't no, know that. I, I yeah. know them. And the beauty of this is, whereas on the cruise ship, I was going to be like all Duke Nukem voice doing their ceremony because it was a nerd kind of thing. Yeah. When Matt asked me to officiate his ceremony, I said, am I duking this? He goes, no, you're our personal friend, John. We want you to do it as John St. John. I went, wow. Dude, that means a lot to me. I appreciate that. So it's not a character thing. It's their families are there. This is a real thing. I'll just be in my tuxedo being classy as I can. You know, having them read their vows and then telling them to suck face at the end. Oh yeah, I think that's what you do. You, yeah. I now pronounce you man and wife. You may suck face and swap yeah. spit. And now let's get it on. Yeah. Let's play tonsil hockey. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's okay. What you do. So here's my question. Yeah. We've got we've we've been going about a half hour now. Are we close to the end, or do you want to keep going? You, I will go as long as you are willing to sit. Here. I'm not going anywhere. Okay. I want to play lightning round with you. Are you okay. Ready let's for this? do. Like, I'm rapid ready. fire, like off the top of your head. Okay. So don't even think about it. Just answer immediately. Yes. If okay. you have to think about it, that's fine. Okay. You ready? I'll try. Okay. What's the weirdest thing somebody's asked you to do in a character voice? Um, oh, actually marry a couple in the Duke Nukem voice. That's pretty weird. Oh, order, order, order fast food at a drive-thru as Big the Cat. I've had to do that before. That's what I get for carrying nerds in my car, right? And that was just a bet, or they were just like... No, they just said, they come, on, like, come on, man. Come on, do it. Order come on, do it. Yeah, do it. Come on, man, come on. Come on, it'll be funny. It'll be yeah. funny. And it was a jack-in-the-box, so they, they, you know, they had a good sense of humor there. Okay. Um, if you had, you got, you get one meal right now. Whatever it is, your, your absolute favorite, what is it? Wow. Why do I have to think about this? Most people would just go, boom, right away, yeah, right? because it's hard. I like so many things, and be, because... Uh, Okay, I'll tell you what it is, and I'll tell you why it didn't come to mind immediately. Okay. Uh, filet mignon, big damn baked potato loaded. The reason it didn't come to mind right away is I can't really eat steak anymore. When you give up red meat for a little while, it's very hard on your system. Yeah. And I love filet mignon more than life itself. Yeah. But now when I eat a filet mignon, it hurts. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't go through me. But that's my favorite meal. I went. We, my wife and I went a year as vegetarians. And oh, it's hard to come back from. Oh, dude, we came back. Yeah. It has not been easy. Yeah. And we're starting to go back the other way. We did it and we are like, well, this is fun, but... You know, if you can just split the difference, I think that's a real healthy lifestyle choice. Yeah. We're going to try this um, for the summertime, be vegetarian. Because uh-huh. there's so much more produce available and vegetables. Exactly. And, and yeah. like in the wintertime when it's harder to come by, then you can indulge a little bit. But that makes like, sense. Okay. All right. So uh, your favorite place that you have worked, like favorite city? Favorite 
favorite city? Yeah. Got to be San Diego. It is. Okay. Oh yeah. I know San Diego is home now. It. it is home, and it's yeah. just it's just the. Granted, you're paid in sunshine mostly, but but the weather is so perfect year round yeah. that any day I want to take my drone out and fly it. Any day, anytime, no problem. Anytime I want to go kayaking, it's two minutes from my house. I'm in the harbor kayaking or in a lagoon kayaking. It's it's just perfect. San Diego to me is paradise. So that's the best place I've ever worked. Best place you've ever worked. Okay. Yeah. Do you miss home? Like, what is home? Well, I was born in Southern California. Oh, just, you were? Yeah. Um, okay. Just outside the L.A. area, at a place called Riverside. Yeah. Um, so I, I was born and raised until I was about six years old there. And then because I'm an Air Force brat, um, then I grew up being in, in yeah, Holland okay. and Germany. Okay. And uh, we lived there from 19 to 19. <laughs> so you don't know how old I am, right? Okay, uh, from the 60s into the early 70s. And then we moved back to California, and then culture shock came when I was 12 years old, and we moved from the L.A. area to North Carolina. Yeah, that's and a big culture it was, shock. It was a big change. It was very different for me and hard to adjust to at first. And then uh, I moved from there to Virginia and then to Boston and then all over the country on the radio plan. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been you've been a little a little bit of everywhere. A little bit, yeah. yeah. And I, I think it's helped me in the long run. I'm a little more worldly, having traveled extensively as a child and as an adult. I have a, a pretty good understanding of how people think around the world, or at least how to interact better. Somebody comes to you, and they have a blank check, and they want you to do X. This is your job. This is the rest of your career. You get whatever money you need. What is it? Oh, um, not what the job is, but what money do I want? No, well, the job. Oh, what is the job? We're saying like the, the, the money's no longer an aspect. That's changing. You, you get whatever you need. Okay. Like if it's if you if you're like okay, well they send you a blank check. You fill in here what you need, and we'll let you do it. A million dollars a year, ten million dollars a year, whatever it is. What job is it though? What do you want to do for the rest of your life? It would be associated with this. It's changed over the years. Do you remember back when Bob Barker hosted The Price Is Right? His announcer guy, Rod Roddy. You want to be Rod Roddy? I wanted Rod Roddy's job because he was making a lot of money yeah. to tape four days a week. Just said, it's a new car! That kind of stuff, right? An announcer job like that, or or for Stephen Colbert, or for a a late-night TV show where you're getting union scale, a huge amount of money, more than enough to live on, just to make announcements. Actually, my dream job, and still to this day is, when Don Pardo died, the announcer from Saturday Night Live, because I used to do, it's Saturday Night Live! And your host, Matthew McConaughey. I used to love doing that kind of thing. Um, I wanted to be the announcer on Saturday Night Live, but when Don Pardo died, they got somebody else. Do you know who it is? Trivia. I don't. Former cast member, Daryl Hammond, is the announcer on Saturday Night really? Live. Yep, yep. He's been like they use him for everything. Like for a used while he to, was, you don't see yeah. him at all anymore. He yeah. was he was the the voice guy. He yeah. did all the impressions. He was Clinton. He, he was, was Trump. He yeah. was yeah. Exactly. Well, and so got, now all yeah. he is is the announcer on SNL. That's incredible. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know that Hammond did that. I would love to have that job. Yeah. The only downside to it is having to live in New York. I don't think I would do well living in New York or New Jersey. If you like sunlight, living in San Diego. I probably not. Yeah. No, that's exactly. No. It has nothing to do with the environment or the people it's about the weather because i'm spoiled yeah that's again the beauty of san diego is if i drive five minutes i'm at the beach if i drive 45 minutes i'm in the snow that's incredible in one day you can do everything um 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. No, you're good, man. We're just we're just talking and asking you rapid fire questions. Oh yeah, um, yeah. The, the the lightning round is still yeah, on, right? Which is I'm literally just throwing questions at. Okay. You. Uh, we talked about what you would want to do, like if you had a blank check for a career, uh, being the voiceover guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, has there been a role that you've wanted to do? or something you wanted to be associated, a project where you're like, man, I would oh, yeah. love to do a voice for that. I, I'm sure there are many other guys who would say the same thing, disappointed, back when Hamill was uh, not doing the Joker anymore. Uh, I auditioned for the Joker. I thought I did a great job, but I was told the same thing a lot of other people were. It was like, hey, that's a really good impression of Mark Hamill doing the Joker, but that's not what we want anymore. Yeah. But I like being the evil... Uh, character uh, like in uh, Bombshell I was Heskel which I don't know if you know the history of that Bombshell was supposed to be a new Duke Nukem game was it really? yeah the 3D Realms was putting together but then there was that lawsuit because Gearbox owns Duke Nukem yeah but as it turns out when the lawsuit was settled 3D Realms owns some Duke Nukem not all of it. Earlier stuff, not later stuff, okay. and, and in certain... I, I couldn't even tell you the details of it. Yeah. But so this game that started out to be a new Duke Nukem game, and I recorded all the Duke lines for it, suddenly had to be changed to Bombshell. And and Fred Schreiber, who's uh, top guy at 3D Realms and a great guy, yeah. he said, John, we can't do this without you. We want you to still in the game. Would you, would you mind being Heskel, the bad guy? And he went, I fucking love it. Are you kidding me? So I got that role. Yeah. And, and every time I played the evil character. I've just enjoyed the role so much because apparently I have a lot of inner anger that doesn't normally appear until I'm channeling it into a character. And that works well for me. I've heard a lot of actors say they prefer being the bad guy. It's more fun. You get to do more with your character. It is. Because, I mean, if you want to act in such a way that you don't even really have to think about it. You only have to be angry and channel that anger. It really is it's kind of a lazy role to be honest with you because you're just you think about, I think about my second ex-wife and that's how I channel the anger. I think about how she pisses me off and as soon as I think that boom, I'm in character. When it comes to if there's something you could redo do again, change something some aspect of something you did in the past what would be your do with uh, probably Big the Cat, uh, because of the way that came about in the Sonic games. Yeah. Um, uh, I was cast for the part without even knowing who he was or auditioning for it. I never knew what it was. And uh, Lonnie Manella, who's the... Uh, all right. Lonnie Manella, who is the casting director that get, got me the Duke Nukem role, yeah. uh, she said... She called me on a Wednesday, and she said, Hey, I'm going to need you in studio in Kearney Mesa on Saturday for another video game role. I went, Okay, what am I auditioning for? She goes, don't worry, you're just you're gonna be in it. Okay. I didn't know anything until I got to the studio and all the other actors are audi- or not auditioning but but running their lines and going in to record one at a time, including Ryan Drummond, oh, wow. who was Sonic. Yeah. You know, and uh, and Jenny Dullard, who was uh, Amy. And and I come in and Lonnie goes, Oh good, you're here. Uh, take a look at this. And she shows me this picture of Big the Cat. <laughs> and I went, What the hell is that? <laughs> she goes, That's Big the Cat. And I go, Big he is. That's a cat? She goes, yeah. I said, okay, voice quality? What do you want? Something stupid. He's not smart. He's slow. I went, really? Okay. Uh, She goes, so we'll have you in the studio in just a few minutes, and we've got them patched in from uh, Tokyo, the, uh, you know, developers, and uh, and we'll we'll dial it in then. Okay. So I'm looking at the script, and it's kind of froggy. Is that you, froggy? You don't look so good, little buddy. Has anybody seen my froggy? It's all lines like this. Wow, that's... 
uh, okay, uh, some script. So I go in the studio, and she goes, okay, uh, let's try something. And I went, just something dumb? She goes, yeah, froggy, you don't look, where's my froggy? I can't find. And, and, the, and I hear something in Japanese on the phone. Yeah. And then a translator come on and go, yes, that one, that's it. And I went, no, no, I was just joking. That, that's, I was just warming up. And the, No, that's what we want. And, and the funny thing about it is, as much as I dislike my stupid voice of the character, yeah. for some reason, Big the Cat had a following. Yeah. That little adventure he had in Sonic Adventures yeah. uh, turned into something that I guess fans liked. And when they learned at a convention that the guy who does Duke Nukem also does Big the Cat they'd go oh my god that's hilarious and they'd ask me about Big the Cat and I would immediately go oh god you had to bring that up and that was entertaining apparently so the more I knocked the Big the Cat voice and character the more the fans got into it and thought it was just a great running joke but if there was any character it would circle around that I could change I would go back and I would change Big the Cat so John, again, thank you, man. I, I appreciate your time. Um, can I make a request? Please do. Can you do a bump for us? Sure. In what voice? Big um, the Cat. No. <laughs> that would have been, been funny. Please do Big the Cat. Yeah. No. My favorite character of yours is, if I can remember his name correctly, is it Rusty, the video game console? Oh, Dusty. Dusty, yeah. thank you. I, I fucking love that voice. It's oh, laugh sweet. every time. But now like, that's how you do a cutscene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Our, our tagline is um, GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Juice bag. Juice bag. Because tell, tell me what that means. When he was little, when my son was little, when Jax was a baby, when Jax was a baby, uh-huh. I called somebody a douchebag unintentionally. I didn't mean to say it in front of him. Right. And he goes later in the car. He goes, Dad, what's a juice bag? And I laughed so ah! hard. I was like, That's even funnier that's than calling perfect. somebody a douchebag because they have to think about it. They're like, Have you told uh, him about juice nozzle yet? <laughs> No, but that's the next one, isn't it? It's gotta be. Okay, so I think I know what you're going for here. Yeah. So, okay, hey, kid, you're a good player, kid. But listen, GGR Pirate Radio, don't be a juice bag. Listen to them. Now, that's how you do a cutscene. You're gonna be great, kid. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio, home of the juice bags. If you need a juice bag, you're in the right place, kid. This is it, GGR Pirate Radio. Oh, that's fucking wonderful. Does that work? Oh, that's yeah, that's awesome. There you go. John, thank you so much. Where can people find you to find all of the things John St. John? Well, if you want to reach out to me for either voice work or for convention appearances, my website is uh, John St. John, J-O-N-S-T-J-O-H-N, like my name is really spelled, John St. John dot audio. And then you just pick the tab you want, whether it's convention appearances or uh, you know, voiceovers. Um, other than that, I have a web series called Conquest with John St. John. It's about my me and my crew, our adventures at different conventions we go to. They're uh, short 7 to 12 minute uh, video episodes from MAGFest, YomaCon, RamenCon, all the different cons we go to. So check that out. Uh, I have a web, uh, a YouTube channel for that as well called Conquest with John St. John and a web uh, Facebook page, Conquest with John St. John. And uh, also I have that cruise that you mentioned earlier, and I appreciate the plug there. If you are interested in coming along on our fan cruise next February 2020, uh, the site is jsjnotcon.com. I hope that's not confusing. No. jsjnotcon.com. 
we'll, we'll, we'll have it up on the site too. Oh, It'll thank you. We'll and, and make a link. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, like, like you do, right? I think they call it a hyperlink. Yeah. Have I been hyper enough today? You have. I, okay. And I appreciate the energy <laughs> and enthusiasm you brought to this. Um, our, our buddy over here, MC Brooks, he has been helping out. He's been watching Jax. He's been taking pictures. Oh, he's the babysitter? I'm MC. Try, I'm trying to get You're MC. the babysitter? Yeah. Like he. What is he paying you per hour for this? $3.99. Wow. <laughs> hey, that's a deal. <laughs> MC is a huge Sonic the Hedgehog fan. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I wanted I wanted to. Do you have any Sonic the Hedgehog questions for, for Big the Cat? He hates doing the voice, but I wanted to ask. I don't hate doing the voice. I hate the voice. That's all. <laughs> Do we need to have him do a bump for you for the uh, for oh, overflow? Are you are you willing? I know you absolutely. Don't like the his his show is called the Overflow. The Overflow. The Overflow with MC Brooks. But if you're willing to do a big the cat for that, that would be amazing. Have you seen my froggy? Oh, wait a minute. Uh, I wait a minute. Hold on, I gotta think right, about this. MC Brooks, the Overflow. My froggy went into the Overflow with DJ MC Brooks. Help him! Froggy, help him! That voice is so lame. <laughs> Hello, this is John St. John, and I'm embarrassed of my Big the Cat voice. Again, guys, this has been John St. John. John, thank you so much for coming on the my show. My pleasure. You just saw a handshake that you didn't see. Oh, yeah. No, they'll all add a sound effect, like, you know, the cling or something like that. You know? <laughs> nice. So that was Free Comic Book Day 2019 at Flashback Comics in Woodbridge, Virginia. We're big fans of theirs. Uh, Mark Lutz put together the whole thing. I mean, just props to this dude. He got so many great contributors involved. Uh, Volkov was a um, suspense slash horror movie. We're going to be talking to those guys later down the road. They were there. Uh, There was John St. John, as you heard. He was there. Wes Johnson, you heard him too. He was there. Uh, lots of great voice actors. You also had Mike Rawson. Mike Rawson, who apparently has done like every voice for Elder Scrolls and Fallout. Like he was there too. Uh, you had Gourmelts, one of our favorite food places. Like we've talked about them a million times on the podcast. They were there too. Uh, there were artists. It was just there was artists. There was exhibitors. The guys from Tashi Station. Tashi Station was there too. It was just an awesome event. There were video games. Flashback put on a fantastic free comic book day, and it was something, Jax was with us too, and he got to enjoy it, he got to play video games, he got to look at toys, he got to look at comic books, just overall an awesome event, so shout out to the guys at Flashback, big props to Mark Lutz, Uh, Troy David Phillips is the uh, general manager of Flashback Comics, big props to him, nicest dude, most knowledgeable comic book guy I know, you ask him, he has a fountain of knowledge, but we love them at Flashback Comics, uh, and again, guys, just whenever you get a chance, go out and do these events, and don't be a juice bag, that's the only thing all of us ask for, is be kind, be nice, be inviting, be welcoming, and let everybody enjoy this awesome thing that we're doing. My name is Mike Lunsford, and this has been GGR Pirate Radio. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website greatgeekrefuge.com for more podcasts and our awesome articles.
This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy.